All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, also host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's show is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to empower your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of the year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. All right. So Kentucky versus Notre Dame happening tomorrow, 415 p.m. We're going to be breaking down that matchup today. Going to get into some of the different playmakers. It's going to be very similar to the way that we broke down Kentucky versus Southern. We're going to give an overview offensively. What do the what does the opponent look like defensively? What does the opponent look like? Final scores, final thoughts, how Kentucky matches up, all that great stuff. Full analysis right here on today's show. Really excited to go ahead and get into this with you guys. If you're not subscribed to the podcast already, please go ahead and do so so that you get notified when the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. All right, so Notre Dame, three and four on the season right now. They are currently the 50th best team in the nation, according to Ken Palm. I disagree with that. You look at their schedule right now. So they started off the season with two wins against Cal St. Northridge. They uh, they won 68-52 in that game. They beat High Point by nine the uh, the following game. Then they lost to St. Mary's 62-59. Close game, neutral site. Then they beat Chaminade uh, like everybody does. 90-64. I can't remember what tournament that was, but uh, they were able to defeat Chaminade in that tournament. Then they lost to Texas A&M, 73-67. And I just want to point out, as somebody that follows the SEC really, really closely, and some of you guys may also uh, may also know this as well, Texas A&M offensively was incredibly inept last season, and they're not particularly good this year. So for, for Notre Dame to fall in that game by four, uh, I think was was just shocking. Then they went on the road. Uh, they lost to Illinois by 10. That was a tough game against a, a very decent opponent in, in, in Illinois. Then they lost uh, this, uh, this past game to Boston College, and they were blown out by the 115th team in the nation, according to Ken Palm, 73-57. to Want to remind everybody at the top, whenever we do these breakdowns, if I reference a number, right, and I say nationally, there are 358 Division I schools, and so whenever I say Notre Dame, their possession length is 238th nationally, that means it's 238th out of 358 teams. And I'll tell you whether or not it's good or not, but you'll be, kind of be able to pick up on it based on understanding, oh, it's that many out of 358. And anyway, so they've lost three straight, have the Fighting Irish, and they just got blown out on the road against what is, I would say, uh, an opponent that is not as good as Kentucky. You look at what Notre Dame did in that game. They really struggled to shoot the ball. Uh, they shot 28% from three. They shot 47% from the floor. So it's offensively, I think, and we'll get into this later, I definitely think that they've had their ups and downs this season, and we'll just continue to break that down. But defensively, uh, I think that it is not improved from where it was last season. So last season for the Fighting Irish, 74.3 points per game allowed. That was 14th in the ACC. Is no bueno. Is no bueno. And what's worse is that this team brings back a lot of production from last year's uh, squad. They only had two key losses, really, in Juwan Durham and, uh, and Nicola Dijogo. 
I believe is how you pronounce his last name. They lost a guard and a forward last year. Uh, Durham averaged 10.7 points per game. Djogo averaged five points a game. Those were the only two legitimate losses, but they bring back a ton of different pieces. Uh, Specifically, uh, the biggest one, Dane Goodwin, uh, leads the Irish in scoring this season, averaging 15 points per game. And of those of you who who did pay attention against what in what was a relatively disappointing season for Kentucky last year, Notre Dame played uh, Kentucky last season. Notre Dame beat Kentucky, and they returned four of the five starters from that group that did beat the Wildcats. So the Wildcats are going up against a very familiar foe. They understand uh, this team. They understand the these players. They understand what what the what's at stake here with uh, with uh, with Kentucky playing on the road. I would say the most important thing in this game is in in terms of getting a win is not necessarily for like morale or like haha we beat you revenge game anything like that. The most important thing for me is Kentucky needs resume builders and they need resume builders right now because like we've mentioned before on the show their strength of schedule incredibly weak. It is 350th out of 358 teams in Division One basketball. The only game that they've played this season that was worth anything was that loss to Duke to begin the year. And so this is their first opponent, the Wildcats' first opponent that is legitimate. I know Notre Dame's 3-4, and four, but I think that while they are sliding in certain areas, the Fighting Irish are, are the first Power 6 school that Kentucky has played this season outside of Duke. And it's the only team that they played up until this point that's actually worth anything. And they're getting to a stretch right now. Kentucky is where they have to play. Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Louisville. This is probably the weakest opponent of that group. If Notre Dame, if Kentucky cannot show out against the the Fighting Irish and get that resume-boosting win, I, I really have my concerns as to what they're going to be able to do, not just in these next two games to wrap up uh, non-conference play, but what they're going to do in the SEC because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough go in the Southeastern Conference uh, this season. So those are some of the things that uh, Notre Dame is uh, doing heading into this game. Their head coach, Mike Bray, he has been at the school for 21 seasons. He's been coaching basketball, Division I basketball, that is, for 26 seasons. He is 448 and 428 with the Fighting Irish. So he knows his way around basketball. This This is a coach that knew how to exploit what Kentucky was doing last season, which was not shooting very well at anything. Uh, this is a coach that understands this team, uh, this Kentucky Wildcats team, at just as well as Co- Coach Cal and this squad understands the Fighting Irish. This could potentially be a really interesting matchup despite Notre Dame's disappointing record, I would say, so far this season for the Fighting Irish. So there's a look at the overview of what Ken, uh, Kentucky is dealing with heading into this game. And for anybody unfamiliar with what Kentucky's dealing with, they're 7-1 and on the season. They just had a very close win against Southern. And I, I know it was a 12-point win, but still, that was, um, I don't want to say necessarily un, unacceptable because you, it, based on the circumstances, I think it's fair to say you let that one slide. Kentucky hadn't played in, in a week. It's okay. They were recovering from in, uh not injury sickness, excuse me, didn't really have a whole lot of time to practice uh, against Southern. Southern really wanted that victory really bad, so I give that a pass, but still, they're coming off a game where they didn't necessarily look impressive. On the flip side, though, really quick before we move on, Notre Dame has not played since December 3rd. They've not played in six days, and their last game was a blowout loss. How do they look at home? We'll just have to wait and see. We'll break down the offensive numbers for the Fighting Irish in just a second. 
Today's show brought to you by On Location. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences, featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more, plus accommodations at five-star L.A. hotels. And food by the great, great Wolfgang Puck, visit onlocation.e.x.p.com slash s.b.56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocation.e.x.p.com slash s.b.56 or search Super Bowl on location. Today's show also brought to you by NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-the-year financing on number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. All right, so adjusted efficiency for the Notre Dame offense. So I was talking about how offensively they do have some issues, but efficiency-wise, they've been pretty decent so far uh, this season. They average 69 points a game as opposed to their 72.7 a year ago, but their adjusted efficiency, 112.0. That is 24th nationally. So they're inside the top 25 schools in Division I basketball in terms of adjusted offensive efficiency. That's really good. Their average possession length is is, is slower then your your average opponent Kentucky has had to play a lot of different teams that that really like to uh, play up pace basket or uh, a a quickly paced style of basketball over this uh, poor non conference late that they've had to uh, they've had to face a lot of different teams that like to run up and down the floor Notre Dame not one of them looks like they operate a little bit more in the half court than uh, the teams that Kentucky is faced so far this year their effective field goal percentage is 47.9 which is way underneath average so I don't understand the the correlation between efficiency and effective field goal percentage according to Kim Palm I'll just say this averaging 69 points a game looking at the surface is not is not very good sometimes whenever you're looking at some of these advanced stats it's it's easy it's easier to just look at the surface numbers because some of these different numbers can be uh, misleading and confusing. They're only shooting 43% from the floor, um, which is which is not good uh, at all. And they're shooting 32% from three, which is not very good. So I don't understand why uh, why Ken Palm thinks uh, that a this is the 50th best team in America. I think they're good. I think they're the best te- uh, opponent Kentucky's faced since Duke. But their three and four record suggests that they are not a they're not on Kentucky's level. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. And offensively, I think there are some different numbers that certainly ref- reflect that. Again, like I said, they're not shooting very well from three. 
Uh, you look at some of their uh, bench minutes, they do not play anybody essentially off of their off their bench. Personnel-wise, only 22.3% of their minutes of the of the five on the floor come from players that come off the bench. That's 333rd nationally, again, out of 358 Division I teams. They don't play anybody outside of their starting rotation much at all. And so you ask, well, who are their starting five players? Well, you've got Paul Atkinson, who is a returning starter from last year. He's averaging 11 points a game and six rebounds. He's a senior. He's somebody to look out for. You've got Nate Lazuski, uh, who is six foot 10, 227 pounds. He is their big guy in the starting five lineup. Mention his height because I don't know how Kentucky is going to handle a big man from one of these power six schools that actually has some height and maybe a little bit of weight on Oscar Shibway. He is somebody that I'm very intrigued by. You've got you've got Dane Goodwin, who I mentioned earlier, uh, averaging 14 points a game, 5.4 rebounds per game for the Notre, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He's their leader. Then you've got Cormac Ryan, a, uh, a guard. He is uh, he's a he averages 8.6 points per game, 3.6 rebounds per game. Then you've got Blake Wesley, a uh, freshman guard, averaging 12.9 points per game and 2.6 rebounds per game. Had 24 points in the uh, in the close loss to Illinois uh, just a, just a week or so ago. But the guy that I'm looking at is uh, Nate Lazuski, guy on this in in this starting five that gives me concerns. Again, like I mentioned earlier, how does Kentucky match up with him? Do they put Oscar Shebway on him, and how does Shebway? Handle him. You also look at uh, look at some of Nate's stats. He's shooting thirty seven point nine percent from three at six foot ten. So he is an offensive weapon. I think they may try and utilize him. Notre Dame might uh, in this game, and I, mm, I I don't like Kentucky's matchup there. To be honest with you, I don't know who how Kentucky's going to elect to handle it. Uh, but he is the guy that I really fear um, uh, out of this Notre Dame starting five. You look at some of the guys coming off the bench though. Prentice Hub. Uh, is averaging 7.3 points per game. He is a junior guard, and then they have Elijah Taylor averaging 2.7 points, and then Trey Wirtz averaging 4.9 points uh, per game. And in their most recent game against Boston College, again, they've not played since December 3rd. This will be a week. Uh, this will be a week before the, uh, the the Fighting Irish have played another game before they fake, face Kentucky. They only played eight players against Boston College. Only eight players which is absolutely insane to me. <laughs> um, so that's what Notre Dame is dealing with on the offensive side of the ball. Real quick, one more number before we move on. Their average height. Okay, so Kentucky is 229th nationally in average height uh, per player on roster, so 76.6 inches. Uh, Notre Dame, 78.1 inches, which is an inch, which is 1.1 inches above the national average. So Notre Dame has a little bit of size, and outside of uh, of Lazuski, I'm concerned as to how this Kentucky team is going to handle this height because not only is it height, I think it's a little bit of talent as well. And Kentucky's not faced faced legitimate talent in, in quite a few games, I don't think. Uh, no disrespect to the to the schedule makers, or no disrespect to any of the teams that put up a hard fight against the Wildcats. It's just I think Notre Dame. Uh, is is probably the best team that Kentucky's faced since Duke, despite their three and four record. All right, we're going to move on to some of the defensive numbers here, and I'm just going to go ahead and say they are not very good. They're not very good. We're going to dive into those numbers in just a second. 
Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And they've got so many different flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. They've got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cherry, my favorite outside of anything caramel flavored cookies and cream, and peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. But be sure to have a couple napkins on hand because it could get messy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Again, really appreciate you guys making Locked on Kentucky your first listen every single day. Defensive numbers for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish again. Kentucky taking on Notre Dame at 4.15 p.m. on ESPN on Saturday. Going to be tuned into this one. It's going to be really exciting uh, to watch. So looking at some of their defensive numbers, their adjusted efficiency on defense again, like I mentioned earlier, offensively, efficiency-wise, Ken Palm says they're great, despite the fact that they don't shoot worth a rip in in any category. Adjusted efficiency on defense, 114th nationally. And when you break down some of the numbers, just the surface level numbers for the uh, the Irish, they're not so good on the defensive end. So they're giving up 66.7 points per game. And you say, well, actually, that's not that half bad. Well, you look at some of the shooting numbers. And you remember how I said earlier that Notre Dame was shooting 43% from the floor? Well, their opponents are shooting 44.3%. And that's not good. That is just simply not good to be to be uh, being outshot by your opponents. And the I think the most startling number is like, well, that's not that bad. It's only about a percent. Well, the most startling number to me is the three point percentage. Kentucky or excuse me, Notre Dame is shooting 32 percent from three. Right. It's not it's not very good at all. Notre Dame's defense is letting opponents shoot 44.3 percent from three. And I keep bringing up, there are 358 Division I schools. That's second worst. 44.3% is second worst in the country. 356 nationally. The Division I average is 33.2%. That's what defenses are giving up. And Notre Dame is literally 11% higher than that. That is absolutely bananas to me. That their opponents have been shooting that well. And you look at some of the offenses that they've played. I mean, guys, these are not elite offenses. Cal State Northridge, high point. St. Mary's offensively might be efficient, but wow, St. Mary's is not is not uh, known for their uh, prowess on the offensive floor. In fact, they're 101st nationally in, um, in adjusted efficiency, and they shoot 33.3% from three. Uh, you look at Chaminade. Chaminade is not even a Division I school. Texas A&M, uh, like I said earlier, is not a very good three-point, or uh, was not a very good offense last year. They're 104th or 105th nationally in adjusted offensive efficiency. Illinois offensively is is sound. Uh, they shoot 36 percent from three. That's the only team on this schedule I think that is actually legitimately uh, an opponent that you could call 
offensively strong. And then Boston College, the uh, game they got blown out in uh, most recently, 127th uh, nationally and uh, adjusted efficiency. So the teams that they have played, offensively inefficient overall on the season, but they played well against Notre Dame, specifically shooting uh, beyond the arc. And that is just, that is not good. That does not spell good things uh, for for Notre Dame's defense. When you look at Kentucky's offense, I mean, they are only shooting about 33% from three, but still, that pr- it proves the point that Kentucky should have some success in this game if every single other opponent Notre Dame has faced has been knocking down threes, even though they're offensively overall not that very good at knocking down threes. So Kentucky should have uh, a really good day here on uh, for shooting the three. At least I would expect them to. If they don't shoot 36% in this game, uh, I will be disappointed with a product put out. I will say some uh, an area that that Notre Dame's defense does shine is uh, it's literally quite literally the only statistical category I think that they shine in is their offensive re- or offensive rebound percentage that they allow, which is twenty two point five percent. That's top thirty five nationally. So they don't allow teams to get offensive rebounds a ton. But let me tell you who gets a lot of offensive rebounds: the Kentucky Wildcats, first in the nation in offensive rebound percentage. Picture this, guys. So you you fog up a shot, right? You fog up the sh- uh, a shot from the logo or whatever. It doesn't matter. You put up a shot. You miss it, as I would, and 48% of the time, your team is going to come down with the rebound that off the shot that you missed. 48% of the time, the team that you're on is going to come down with your rebound. Say, I got you. We're going to have an extra possession. We're going we're gonna to load it up again, and we're going to knock this next shot down. 48.2% of the time, Kentucky gets an offensive rebound. That is absolutely incredible, first nationally. Uh, Kentucky should be able to control the glass in this game, even though Notre Dame is really good at not allowing offensive rebounds. I think at the end of the end of the day, when you look at this matchup, I think Kentucky is going to have to to let guys like Ty Ty Washington, Severe Wheeler, Davion Mintz. I think they're they're Kentucky is going to have to let them shoot and see if they can they can just uh, they can just control that area of the game against the Fighting Irish. I think shooting is going to be really important in this game. How does Ty Ty Washington operate against this Notre Dame defense? I think it's going to be important. I know that typically I call for Oscar, an Oscar Sheway flex game even because they've played uh, opponents that will allow that to happen. I think this could be a Ty Ty Washington flex game. I think we could see him go on the road and have one of the best performances of his young career so far. So I'm calling for that. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'll come back on Monday and cry about it. Uh, I'm sorry uh, if I if, if I let in, let anybody astray. But Ty Ty, I think, is going to have a very solid day against the Fighting Irish based off the numbers that we have just uh, broken down. So final score predictions. I am going to go, well, let's look at what Kim Palm says. Kim Palm says Kentucky wins this game by 2, 74-72. I don't believe that. I think Kentucky wins this one 79 to 64. I don't think this one is particularly close. I think that Notre Dame has had the same issue that Kentucky had against Southern, which is they haven't played in a while. They're a little they're a little sluggish. They may come out uh, slow against Kentucky. And I think Kentucky is ready to prove to everybody that has knocked their strength of schedule, that has knocked uh, the, the the teams that they have played, that has knocked their inability to 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 run away. Uh, with with games early on, I think they're finally going to prove that they are ready for a test like Notre Dame, and they're gonna gonna go into South Bend. I think they're gonna get get um, get a relatively comfortable win. So 79-64, my final score prediction. I know I was way off on the Southern game, but I think a lot of other people were as well. I think Vegas was off on it as well. I think Kentucky was 
projected to win that game by 30, I believe, and they only won it by 12. So, again, 79-64, my final score prediction for this game. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow me on Twitter at Doll Pound. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. Don't forget to make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms. I will see you all tomorrow, or I'll see you all, excuse me, I will see you all Monday, uh, and we will break down this matchup as well as anything else going on in Kentucky athletics. Have a great one, everybody. Go Wildcats, and God bless.